Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, lovely listeners. It's a Monday as of this recording, and how's your weekend been? Boring, busy, perhaps you just chilled for two days? It's your time. Do whatever you want with it. And speaking of time, it is that time for a new story. This one you won't find in the creepypasta aisle of your online horror shop. Oh no, this one is by Michelangelo Yacone. You will, however, find an episode of his on this show, which was a creepypasta a while back titled The Riddle of Oakshire. If you're interested in more of his work, you can find it in the show notes. I'll put a link in there so it's easy to find. Now, do you hear that sound? Lock your doors and arm yourself, because there's something coming. And in the meantime, let me warn you with a tale of what could be after you. Our tale is Scissor Jim, and wherever that noise is, you'd better run. Also, for your own safety, turn off the lights, turn up the sound, and get ready for something different. Scissor Jim I tried to stand, but dizziness set me back down. My forehead throbs, like something bludgeoned the front of my skull. Rubbing my fingers against it, I feel no physical injury, and I see no blood when I look at my hand. I blink hard a few times to get a better view of where I am. Everything appears shaded, a room of silhouette I can't identify. The first thing I noticed clearly was a window to my left, shattered, open. A warm breeze blows through, stuttering a whistle through the broken glass. There's a dark color dripping from the shards, squinting. I see its blood. My eyes widen, letting loose a gasp as chills creep up my back and over my scalp. I scuttle backwards, thudding into a wall not far behind me. Something flops to my right against the wall. I'm reluctant to turn my head, but a morbid curiosity sets in more heavily. I look, and regret doing so. I'm unsure whether it's the throbbing of my head, or the grisly smile that greets me. But the sight doesn't set in immediately. After I remember to blink, the realization crushes me, and I leap away from the corpse. I can't take my eyes from it, even as I lurch forward to puke. Its cheeks are carved out, trapping its expression in an everlasting macabre grin. Its clothes are stained in scarlet torture, its body in a contorted posture, and a gap left in its throat. I can barely make out tears on its face. Whoever they were, they spent their final moments crying. Snip, snip. The sound of scissors echoes around the corner. The noise crawls like a thousand tiny strings beneath my skin. Snip, snip. I think of every possible reason to run, but I don't know which way is out. I want to go anywhere else, any direction, other than the noise. I silently beg myself to stop, 
but my body compels me to follow the sound. I slowly rise and begin to walk around the corner. As I turn right at the corner, my foot kicks at something plastic. I look down to find an orange prescription bottle without a lid and blue pills lying across the ground from it. They seem familiar to me, but my recollection interrupts at the relentless cutting of scissors. Snip, snip, snip. I continue, and it echoes louder from beyond the abyss of an open door at the hallway's end. A flickering light bulb on the ceiling illuminates blood on the walls as smears of words and phrases. I read them as I walk down the corridor, and my blood runs cold with each eerie passage. Snip away. No frowns. Don't be grey. Make them smile. These and many more sentences like them stain the walls like a pair of pages from a gruesome book. It may be in my imagination or the trauma, but when I read them I swear another voice repeats them back to me. It sounds like a hoarse whisper in a creepily joyful tone. When I reach the end, I stop before the door. My eyes wander above the doorpost, and I read the last sentence in unison with the accompanying voice. Jim's gonna make you grin. But that can't be. There's no way. It can't be Jim. I'm Jim. Snip, 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 snip. I bring my eyes back to the darkness before me. I still hear the sound of scissors, and it's loud. I can no longer bear the noise, so I make a decision to enter. The corpse, the writings, the noise, every image and whisper scratches at my mind, and the snipping. Damn that snipping! It has to stop. It must stop. The snipping. The endless, unrelenting, insufferable, snipping, tearing at me, screaming at me. I can't take it anymore. I step through, and it stops. The scissors, I don't hear them anymore. Looking across the room, beneath the window on the opposite side, there's a figure looming over a body propped against the wall. The figure faces away from me, but I can see their mangled haircut black jumpsuit, and leather gloves. He sings the same rhyme over and over again as he uses a pair of scissors to slice the cheeks off their victim's face. Snip, 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 away your troubles. Snip, 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 away the grey. Scissors Jim's gonna make you grin when he... Your frown away. He lets the flesh fall to the floor as if it were scrap. I can't speak or move. It's sickening how someone can be doing this. I don't think he can see me, but my legs are tensed in place. I notice tears trickling down the victim's face. They're alive. Stop! I don't know what came over me. I can't move to run or stop him, but I managed to rasp out a plea. The snipping of his scissors gives pause before he stands up. His back still facing me. He replies with a twisted joy. The same voice from the hallway. No. My legs shake as my fists and teeth clench. This sick bastard is killing these people. 
cutting up their faces to smile like some joke. No one deserves what he's doing to them. Why are you doing this? I question with a lump in my throat. Why? Jimmy, don't you remember? He sounds excited to answer the question, but not before turning his head slowly to pierce a stare at me. My heart skips and I lose my breath. Now my whole body is shaking. The noise flows back into my head like the dam of a lake bursting apart. I can no longer contain it. My knees hit the floor and I clasp my hands over my ears, hoping it'll stop. It hurts so damn much, pulsing through my head, crushing my brain. All the while his face flashes through my thoughts, those wide eyes, that unflinching menacing grin. There's no way that's who he is. It can't be him, because that's me. I am you and you love this. Heat courses my every muscle uncontrollably, compelling me to charge with a raised fist. I swing, but there's no contact. My hand passes through his face. It's like he's not there. You done? <laughs> he asks after a snicker. We are face to face, and again my legs freeze up. I struggle to hold back my compulsion to strike again. It won't matter. After all, for some reason I can't touch him. What are you? I growl. There's a pause, and he holds his gaze without a blink. His pupils are tiny dots amidst two spheres of reddish-white, encompassed by dark, sleepless circles. His sharp teeth show through the mischievous grin, stretching from ear to ear. I look down at his scissors, rusted and caked in blood. He replies, you locked me away with those damn pills. Do you have any idea what it's like being nothing but a mute in your goody two-shoes head? It doesn't matter anymore. It's your turn to be the voice in our head. His victim starts to move, pulling themselves by their hands. They try to crawl away, but the bastard is aware. He reaches a hand to clutch them by the hair, pulling them back until the two are touching cheeks. The snipping already beating against my eardrums echoes faster in my head. With a slow, agonizing stroke, he tears the scissors across their throat. I can't bear to watch, but I can't turn away either. Again, I try to plea with him to stop, but this time, nothing escapes my lips. He holds them until no more blood pours out, dropping them to the floor before turning back to me. Get used to it. The night's young, and we're not done. He walks right through me, toward the door from where I entered. How can he do that? He can't be real. I can't even touch him. But he cut those poor people up. Am I real? What happened to me? I look down at the corpse, my rage sinking like a rock in my stomach. I realized something peculiar in what he said. You said we, but who's... I look up to him, and my voice chokes out. He stands in the doorway, staring into me with those sinister eyes. The hallway light flickers behind him, flashing into a view, a silhouette, a humanoid shadow, with points of pale light in place of eyes. 
I shiver at my first glance of it. They welcome us, Jimmy. Our new family. He holds out his hand to me, and my feet slip out as a force drags me towards the door. To him. To that thing. I resist, clawing at the floor to get away. But still I slide closer. I yell as loud as I can, hoping by some miracle someone can hear me. I turn my head for a brief second to see everything beyond the door fading to darkness, allowing only the sight of him and perfect oblivion. I struggle as best I can, but nothing works. In a panic, I scream again, grasping at the doorpost with both hands to keep from falling in. Their pull is too strong, however, and in seconds, they drag me through the portal. Silence and blackness greet me as the door slams shut. Loved this story, Michael. You know, this short story could easily be turned into a short indie film. It's practically asking for it. Perhaps add some extra content like a curse that resides in the house or a cursed set of scissors that once cutting a person's hair, they become a sacrifice for the being that enchanted it. What do you think? Also, I can't tell if any of you know, but I'm a huge Stephen King It fan. I really loved the old Tim Curry one in particular, and even the new one. So as I'm reading these lines, I just couldn't help but dip into that mindset of what Jimmy's altered demon ego sounded like, and it reminded me of the dialogue that Pennywise would say. So as I thought of Jimmy, I kept thinking about Georgie, and down the rabbit hole I went. Mind you, I wonder how nice Jimmy's new family is. <laughs> Best not to think about it, huh? So, a big thank you to Michael for this awesome story. You'll be hearing more stories from him, that I am certain, as he's provided me a collection of his fantastic stories. I'll be adding these to my Reddit site as I narrate them. Plus, his website will be in the show notes, just in case you want to find out what else he's written, and read at your own pace. For new listeners here, the podcast is all about sharing stories, but also supporting the authors in reaching a wider audience. So I do all I can to spread the word, and for those of you who already do this, you have my deepest gratitude. I wanted to do a shout out to Nya, who's powerhoused through 111 episodes in a very short time. Nya is from Germany, Eiseldorf. I hope I got that right and a recent iHeartRadio fan, and has been doing their best to spread the word of the podcast to her family and friends. Not only do I appreciate that, but I'm glad you let me know, so I can thank you on the podcast. Also, a big thank you to Chrissy from New York, I'm so glad I can make you smile and keep you cheerful, and Susan Salem for sending a lovely email full of support and great ideas for Instagram. And for those of you who are subscribing, liking my episodes, and reposting, don't think I don't see this. I really, really pay attention to my fans. So I might not be able to get to you in this shoutout, of course, but I will save the shoutouts just for you guys for another episode. But it's coming, don't worry. Okay, so what's going on this week? Well, this week I have for you some more Tom Keithley episodes because they're just great. A listener turned author with a demonic series titled Twisted Tales. Expect more from him this week and also a mix of creepypastas and original author stories. Exciting stuff! So stick with me tomorrow and this week, so I can get under your skin and give you the creeps. And as always, my creepylicious listeners, till 
next time.